Welcome back. I'm so excited you're here. We are officially in December, which is basically the most crazy time of the year. I know the song says most wonderful, but it is the most crazy too. You're busy, busy, busy. And typically in mid-December or towards the end of December, people start thinking about their New Year's resolutions. Now you may be thinking, oh my gosh, why is she talking about this already? The reason why is because I want to beat you to the punch (laughs) before you start planning any type of shift in your health and fitness, I want you to think about what I'm going to talk about today. And that is, I want you to stop making it hard and start living a life when it comes to health and fitness. Let me explain how. And today's show sponsor is Hydro Jug. If you want to see improvements in your health almost instantly, start drinking more water. It is literally the fountain of youth. It is so good for you for so many different reasons. And Hydro Jug makes it so easy because they have a massive 64-ounce jug. It has a great little thermos you can buy to put around it with a strap, which makes it super easy for mom life on the go because you can just wear it and not have to carry it as you're chasing your kids around. My husband has one. I have one. We each bring it when we go places and we have enough water for everyone in our family all day. It is shatterproof. We've dropped ours a hundred times and it is never broke. And it has a lid that you can unscrew that's pretty big. So it's easy to dump ice or fruit or whatever you need in there. If you use the code SIMPLE10, S-I-M-P-L-E 10, you'll get 10% off. And again, it's Hydro Jug, H-Y-D-R-O, J-U-G. And again, the code is SIMPLE10. My name's Andrea Allen, and I am a mother of four girls under seven, a wifey to a mountain man, a personal trainer, and a nutrition coach. I love all things women's health and fitness, but let's face it, the fitness industry is complicated and it's not built for the everyday mom. There's so much conflicting information and you're busy and you don't have time to figure it out. I hate feeling confused and overwhelmed. So I've made it my mission to simplify health and fitness while creating a welcoming, realistic, and empowering home for like-minded women. I'm happy you're here and I hope you stay a while. All right, so here's the deal. Anytime that I meet someone in person or someone for the first time, they ask me what I do for a living and I kind of explain what I do and then typically they start to tell me about a diet plan, a fitness plan, something they're on, or someone will ask my advice on a fitness or diet plan. And this, again, is just my opinion. Obviously, everyone is different, but it's very, very common for me to hear about these extreme plans. I'm going off sugar for 30 days. I am going to do 75 hard, which has me working out twice a day. I am going to stop eating carbs. I am going to go from working out twice a week to six days a week for an hour. Insert whatever you want. Now, I do understand that having a plan is helpful. And for a lot of people, having you know, a challenging plan helps them have something to work towards. And that is great. But often and more often what I see is that the plan is overcomplicated and extreme and it's not a lifestyle. I believe that fitness and health should be maintainable. I believe it should be something you can do day in and day out. And I think that if your plan, if you don't see a roadmap in whatever you're doing, whatever your plan is, if there's no roadmap to moderation, then I don't think it's a good plan. 
And it's that simple. Um, So I kind of just want to talk about some ways that we overcomplicate this process of trying to get healthier and trying to be more fit because I know January is going to come and everyone is going to start into these extreme plans, these extreme diets, and then mid-January, beginning of February, they feel like failures and then we're back where we were. And more than anything, I want people to stop feeling like failures I don't think it has to be that way. And so I want to talk about that today. And that's what we're going to focus on. So today we're going to talk about a handful of ways that we are overcomplicating the process that we literally don't need to do. The number one way that we overcomplicate it is by making unrealistic goals. This is one of the most common mistakes people make is setting an unrealistic goal. And the truth is an unrealistic goal paves the path for discouragement and failure because it's not going to be able to last. It's not maintainable. I'm not saying you can't challenge yourself. That is fantastic. We do want to challenge ourselves, but you don't want it to be so extreme that you can't do it. Let me tell you a piece of my own story. I went to school for public health education and I had a lot of classes in fitness. I was teaching fitness classes at the time. So I had my group certification for teaching classes and I got really into health and fitness at this time because I did have so much actual curriculum at BYU focusing on that. And so during this time, I developed kind of an idea of like, this is exactly how health should be. I should definitely never eat sugar. Sugar is bad. I should definitely make sure I'm exercising this amount of time per day. And if I'm not exercising this amount of time per day, then I'm not doing what the books say. And I just kind of made these strict rules. So when I was first married and even, you know, after college, I had basically set up every time I wanted to, you know, make some changes in my health, all of my guidelines for my plan were very strict rules with negative connotations. I know a couple weeks ago I talked about negativity and how it affects you and I can tell you that it's true because I've experienced it myself. So often I would I would bounce between undereating and overeating and I've spoken about that as well because I didn't understand balance and what my body actually needed and anytime I overate I would make these strict rules and I would say, "Okay, for the next 2 months I'm going to eat no desserts, or I'm going to eat one dessert a week and I'm not allowed to have any frozen yogurt. Now that might seem like a funny example, but that's actually something I said. I really loved frozen yogurt at the time. And I would say, I am not even going to have a bite of frozen yogurt for four weeks, or I will just do it for one night and that's it. And I can only have four ounces. I would make rules like that. Or If I do have it, then the next day I'm going to go to the gym and I'll do 30 minutes more cardio. I set up these things. And if you think about it, they're all just very intense. There's no moderation in it. And now I look back at that and I'm like, oh, poor me. (laughs) Poor young me. I had no idea what I was doing. And all I was doing was making these unrealistic goals that I didn't even realize I didn't need. And they didn't make sense. So truthfully, if I felt like I overdid frozen yogurt, let's say I was having frozen yogurt every single night, what would have been smart would have been to say, you know what, instead of having frozen yogurt seven nights a week, I'm going to have it six nights a week or five nights a week, or I'm just going to have a normal amount because everything was extreme. Like, okay, instead of saying like no sugar, 
I'm just going to like make sure that my portions when I have sugar are normal amounts. And I know other people will say, you know, that's bad, that's bad. I believe in moderation and I believe you are making people mentally unhealthy when you don't allow them to have moderation. So this is a very personal example of unrealistic goals that I would set for myself. And guess what? I never was able to do them. And for years and years, I'd set these same goals like, don't eat this, don't do this. If you do this, then you have to do this. And I did this for years. And I always failed. I always felt guilty. I always felt like a loser. I always felt like I had no willpower. I always felt like there was something wrong with me. And the truth was, there was nothing wrong with me. What was wrong was my unrealistic goals. So as you start to set goals, whether you have some now or coming up, I want you to think about, is this actually realistic? Can I actually maintain this? Instead of making it extreme, could I see what I'm doing right now and maybe just do a small step up or a small step down and do it that way? Something else to think about and not just setting unrealistic goals is failing or overcomplicating the idea that we are not establishing short-term goals. So we're overcomplicating these long goals, and then we have no small goals along the way to help us get to the long goal. So often people will say, my goal is to lose 30 pounds. That's a great goal. If you have 30 pounds that you feel like you need to lose, you feel like it's unhealthy, maybe you have high blood pressure, whatever the reason. But if you don't have multiple short-term goals on the way there that are healthy, moderate goals, you're not going to get to that big goal. And by moderate goals, I mean, okay, I want to lose X amount of weight. So maybe this week, because I only work out twice a week, my goal is going to be to work out three times a week. I only work out for, you know, 20 minutes. So this week, I'm going to work out for 25 minutes. Something simple like that. I notice I don't have a lot of protein in any of my meals. So one meal a day, I'm going to make sure I increase my protein intake. These are very subtle adjustments, but these are adjustments that are shifting you towards living a life, towards a lifestyle that you can maintain instead of a strict, okay, no sugar, 60 days, let's see how I do. And when I fail, I'll be the biggest loser, which is what you feel like when that happens. So make those tiny adjustments, set very short-term, very maintainable goals along the way and get rid of those unrealistic ones. We have to stop complicating the process. And that means mentally as well. We have to get rid of that all or nothing mentality, those extreme ideas, and we have to find a plan that we can actually stick with. And the easiest way to teach people to make changes is tiny steps. You don't pull out an infant and say, okay, get on the bike. You've never had experience. No, we learn, we teach them to ride and pedal on a tricycle first, and then we teach them to steer, and then we put them on a bike and we send them over and over and over again until they can ride. So why do we do that with our fitness experience? Why do we go from like an okay, maybe like below average routine to like an extreme meal plan or workout plan that we can't maintain? It's just not effective. And again, as I said, if you can't see a roadmap to making it a lifestyle, don't do it. People will say to me all the time, do you want to do a a no sugar cleanse like I talked about? And I'm like, no, thank you. 
No thank you because I cannot live that. And anything I do, I want to be able to live. This is one of the reasons that I focus with my clients in their very first week of coaching with me for nutrition on a method I call naming your plate. I've talked about it in the podcast. I'm very open about it. But the whole idea is let's learn to recognize what foods are on our plate and stop going through the motions. Is there a protein? Is there a carb? Is there a fat? Do you even recognize the difference? Are you aware of the portions? Because to me... If I can teach someone first to recognize what proteins, fats, and carbs are on their plate, and then I shift them to macros so I can help them with their goals of whether they're gaining muscle or losing fat or whatever it is, there's an easy roadmap afterwards to say, okay, go back to naming your plate. Just make sure you're aware. And it's not complicated. I name my plate day in and day out because that's a lifestyle and it's linked to macro coaching for me to counting macros. So when I need to make a shift, I can bounce into macros, which is not complicated because it's the same idea. I'm just using numbers and tracking those numbers. And then I can bounce into naming my plate, which is definitely a lifestyle and makes it easy when you go to restaurants, when you need to guesstimate, it makes it easy when you're just out and about and you're just having more awareness. So there's a roadmap to a lifestyle to normalcy. And that's why it's the very first thing that I teach. So in your plan, whatever it is, is there a roadmap for you to build a lifestyle out of it? And the truth is, no matter what goals or plans you have, whether we are talking health and fitness or financial or relationships, it really doesn't matter because the truth is the setup for all of them is the same. We make a goal. We make a roadmap. We try to stick with it. Did we succeed? How's it going? Have we made it a lifestyle? It's all the same. And so no matter what your goal is, something to think about when you're choosing a plan or making your own plan is if you have the basics in place before you implement a really intense plan or a very organized plan. And by basics, I mean oftentimes people jump in so fast that they don't even have a general idea of where they want to start. So I'm going to offer a handful of questions for you to think about. So if you are thinking about making some goals for the upcoming year or just after the holidays or just in general, because I know it's coming, you know, in three to four or five, six weeks, I want it to be a lifestyle. So I want you to think about these things before you just get on a crazy ship to extreme. I want you to think about when will I exercise? It's a pretty simple question, but often we say, I'm going to exercise seven times a week. Don't make that the goal. When? What time are you going to make it happen? How often do you do it now? And can you barely bump it up? Find out when you will exercise. Do I have the right equipment? Often we have goals, but we don't have the correct equipment. And by equipment, yes, I mean actual physical equipment to help you in your workouts. And also like your meals. Like how are you going to eat? What is your plan? Like what is your idea? Do I know how to actually shop and buy healthy foods and have some moderation? If your plan is not teaching you about foods and how they affect your body and what you need to be able to reach your goals, because there's lots of different goals and lots of different ways to do it, then you might want to look into that and think about that, how you can find that balance and moderation. How are you going to exercise your body? It's really easy to say, I'm going to exercise six times a week for 60 minutes. Well, what are you going to do? What's your plan? It's a lot easier if you have a plan laid out. I would also keep that plan simple. And again, remember, a barely a step up from what you're already doing. Or if you are already working out, if you're one of my followers or someone who's listening to this podcast and you're like, I already work out six times a week for like an hour, 
you need to focus on something else then. Maybe there's another piece of the puzzle missing. Maybe you're being too extreme. Maybe you actually need a downshift and focus on rest. So sometimes it's not always about adding to our plan or making things more complicated. Sometimes we have to take a step back. I know I have personally had to take a step back before. I've had some injuries and some issues lately where I've said, you know what, I am going to lift my legs less every week because I need to rest them. And that's how I'm going to keep moving towards my goals. And sometimes that's the truth. Sometimes we just always think it's more and more and more. And sometimes we need to take a step back and say, I actually need to focus on another area. So think about that as well. Now, I know those very few questions might seem simple, but write them down. Write them down, answer them, and find some moderate, realistic answers and realistic goals that you can stick with and go for it. Go for it and find a lifestyle in that. Keep it simple. Don't overcomplicate it. I named this podcast Keep It Simple because I see over and over and over and over again that we are complicating things. We are making things so intense that we aren't able to maintain them. The fitness industry and the diet industry for years have been telling us, you need to do this certain thing. You know, we've gone through now low fat, high fat, keto, paleo, whatever it is. You know, they've told us all these things. And depending on the year, depending on the month, everyone is going to tell you, your neighbors, the people at preschool, your friends, you know, the people you see at church, this is the plan that works. This is the only plan. You have to do this plan. Here's the truth. Guess what? There are lots and lots and lots of ways to meet your goals. It's truly always not about what you are doing, that you are doing it perfectly, but that you are doing it consistently. You know, I have a couple of coaches that work with me. I've interviewed DJ on the podcast before, and her and I talk all the time as we work on people's macros and we set them up. And sometimes we will literally out loud say to each other, it's not about her numbers. It's that she does it consistently. And that's no matter what your plan is. It's not about it being perfect. It's not about it, you know, just being so intense and so strict or anything else. It's just about being consistent. And consistent doesn't mean perfect. Consistent means generally going in the right direction and trying. So don't get caught up in like, this is the perfect plan. Keto is the only way. That's the only way. Whatever, whatever you want to say. 75 hard is the only way. It's not. I promise you, I have clients set up on all different types of nutrition setups with their proteins, fats, and carbs, and they see changes because it's not always about having the perfect plan, but being consistent with whatever you're doing and not giving up. Two more things I kind of want to touch on that don't necessarily have to do with overcomplicating the process and making it a lifestyle, but I think they're tips to help you get towards that lifestyle in a process that can sometimes seem daunting. The first one is if you are trying to make a shift in your health, make a shift in your fitness, whatever it is in in your food intake, have accountability partner. The truth is fitness is kind of a lonely path. And for some people, they love doing it on their own. I actually love doing things on my own. I think it's because I have a lot of little women attached to my feet with my four kids. (laughs) But I love doing things alone. But my husband on the other end He loves doing things with a partner. He loves having accountability partner. And the way that I sometimes look at it is for a lot of people when it comes to fitness, compare it to like getting your nails done. 
If you go get your nails done by yourself, it's nice, it's enjoyable, you know, whatever. But if you go with a couple girlfriends, it is a party. It is so fun. I love going on my birthday with my sisters or a couple girlfriends to get my toes done to get a pedicure. And I love it. It's so much better. So if you are one of those people that you're like, I succeed, I flourish, I excel when I have a partner— Get a partner. They don't even have to be doing it with you, but someone who is willing to talk to you about it so you have some accountability. So if you can commit to whatever idea that you're trying to shift towards, you know, those small adjustments in your current habits and building them up for six to eight weeks, that is enough momentum to keep you going and keep you self-motivated in the future. And so sometimes having a partner in the beginning can be very motivating for you to keep going and then you don't really need necessarily that hand to hold for your partner or you might just continue having your partner because it's super enjoyable for you and that is fantastic. So if you are trying to make some small changes to move you towards a lifestyle and you're like, I think I might do well with a partner, find a friend, find a sibling, find someone anywhere to say, hey, do you think we could talk about this sometimes and go for it? And if you don't have anyone, I think even writing down your process is helpful. My last second tip to this part about, you know, you making this a lifestyle is, and this is something that I feel like is honestly the most important and why setting unrealistic goals doesn't work and why short-term goals are important and why we don't want to overcomplicate it mentally is we need to focus on keeping promises to yourself because keeping a promise to yourself is the most powerful way to build internal trust and help you become the person you want to be. That is the truth. In episode 46, I talk about the secret to success and it is believing in yourself. And you learn to believe in yourself when you keep promises to yourself. So I want your promises to be realistic. I want your promises to include short-term goals. I want your promises to not be the all or nothing mentality or have negative connotations. I want them to be small and simple adjustments. I know as parents, moms and dads, you know, aunts and uncles, it's busy. It's We're super busy and we don't always have time to improve our health or fitness or it feels overwhelming to get a workout in. But if you're someone who is worried about working out and working out for enough time, I need to tell you that there is so much research right now that you can have a very effective shorter workout. They are literally finding shorter workouts can be more effective than longer workouts if you focus on the intensity of the workout and staying focused. It works. You don't have to be extreme. You don't have to exercise for hours and hours at a time. We don't have to do these extreme diets. You just need to focus on setting a path improving what you're currently doing, and being consistent. What I want you to take away from this episode is to stop making your life so hard. Stop trying to complicate health and fitness. Stop trying to be perfect. Stop trying to do crazy intense plans. I understand if you want to do like a short-term challenge, that's great for you. I personally don't normally get on those challenges because I do feel like it's not a roadmap for long-term change. But for some people, they have really great success because it gets them the momentum to stay self-motivated. So you kind of have to know where you fall on that. But I just don't want you doing crazy intense things. I want you to stop making health and fitness so complicated and just focus on whatever you're doing, tiny steps above it. I love you. I mean it. I know you are doing better than you think you are. I know that's, I say this after every podcast because I know that 
a lot of times we are so hard on ourselves and I need you to know you are doing better than you think you are. You don't have to be perfect. If this podcast was helpful for you, I would love if you would share it. It helps the podcast grow. It helps me be able to record more. And I really appreciate if you would add a review. iTunes marks my reviews. It's how it also helps the podcast grow. So please leave me your thoughts. I read them every single week. I look for the reviews. I appreciate them. You can do it at the top of wherever you listen and also subscribe on iTunes. It's changed. There's three dots at the top and you need to click on those, hit subscribe, and every Wednesday a new episode will be automatically downloaded to your phone so we can chat it up about you feeling awesome about yourself. All right, that's it for today. We'll chat next week. 